0: Welcome to the first real episode of Joe Coyo. Uh, My name is Joey, um, and I'm glad you could join. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, This is a series of episodes. Uh, If you did not catch the introduction that I set out last week, this podcast is about history. It's about local history, which, in a place like Johnston County, North Carolina, and all throughout the South, It seems to be changing nearly by the day and as changes occur some of the old stuff goes out the window this is an attempt to prevent that you may not be from Johnston County ever even set foot in this area but what is possibly true is that you may understand some of the themes may not be the same names but could be some of the same stuff so Episode 1 is, uh, is an is a episode kind of dear to my heart, honestly, because it's about a history teacher. I'm a history teacher myself by trade, love my job, always have. Here's a history teacher who also loves his job too. Now this episode of Joe Koyo talks about a guy named William Edward Dodd. This guy was born in 1866. He was one of seven children. He was born right around Clayton, North Carolina. And they grew up, he grew up, completely surrounded by the poverty after the American Civil War and also the prejudice of which he was a victim of both. But he was smart. Everyone seemed to know he was smart. Everyone seemed to recognize he was smart. William Edward Dodd, made himself pretty much known to all of Clayton as someone that's very studious and a little bit unlike the rest of them. In fact, he was going to go to college. A lot of people stayed on the farm. Not Mr. Dodd. In fact, this guy went to Virginia Tech. At the time it was called Virginia Agricultural Mechanical Institute. Um, he had tried to get to Carolina. It didn't really work. He had tried to get to West Point. It didn't really work. He No one really he didn't really know a whole lot of people, except for except for he had some relatives. He had some uncles, one named Ashley Horn of Clayton, who was insanely rich for the area at the time. There'll be an episode about him later. And also an Uncle Sam, kind of uh, ironically enough. But he did get into Virginia Tech, where he studied history. And uh, he was very diligent, very studious, very nose to the grindstone very I will make this happen if it kills me kinda guy and he worked really hard he worked hard enough that he decided and was accepted to study history in Germany now Germany seemed to be always a fascination with the guy and he was accepted went there studying under a really smart dude Um, he studied in Leipzig and eventually earned a phd in history not bad for a small town clayton guy who was one of seven kids and born into poverty now with that being said he got out of leipzig and became a teacher at randolph macon college did pretty good founded a whole a whole system of uh, government studies and history studies and Pretty well renowned, wrote a book about a guy named Nathaniel Macon, and then because of his background, he was well respected. He applied and got a job at the University of Chicago. Probably one of the most exciting uh, history teachers they said at the time that they had, and as he was a writer, he was really good at that. He was a prolific writer. He was he wrote all the time, especially about issues dealing with the Old South, because he knew about it. Um, Also about Thomas Jefferson, who he was a mega fanboy of. And also, he liked to write about issues of the day. And it was that part that really got the interest of some people. In fact, he's gonna write, he wrote a whole lot to Woodrow Wilson, President of the United States in 1914. He wrote a lot of letters to him. There's no real evidence that Mr. Wilson ever read his letters. But you can see that Mr. Dodd and Mr. Wilson had a lot in common. Mr. Dodd was, again, a pretty big fan of Mr. Wilson and and most of his good and bad points. Uh, He wrote about uh, how he supported League of Nations. Mr. Dodd did. He also wrote about progressive reforms. He pushed for it, asked Mr. Wilson to pass progressive reforms. And all the way until the 1920s, it was... Through some of those contacts, that he then comes in contact with Franklin Delano Roosevelt. After the 1920s and the and the seemingly regression uh, of some of our politics and our isolationism, he joined the uh, Roosevelt administration in 1932. As soon as Roosevelt got in there, and was he tried for several positions, and eventually he was appointed ambassador to Germany. It seemed to be a perfect fit. Dude loves Germany, fluent in German, great historian. Germany's changing dramatically by the day in case you don't know your history. Uh, Who better to be an ambassador for Germany than a guy who knows German history. So he's appointed in June of 1933 and he is on cloud nine. Now he has this idea of what Germany is supposed to be. He has this idea that that Germany, um, that the way Germany that he knew of, was the Germany of Beethoven, of Bach, of Mozart, and and of Goethe, and 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 Germany was this cultural house. Uh, it, it wasn't what we associate with Germany at the time. It wasn't what he associated with Germany at the time. So the Germany that he arrived in was a very different Germany than he thought he was going to get into. So he got in there in June of 1933 and then he, and then, as you know your history, this is when we see the ugly history that is going to give birth to World War II. 1932 is a bad time. Uh, 33 was a bad time as we see Mr. Dodd is going to be the ambassador from 1933 to 1937. And if you know what happens in Germany in those years, if you don't know, let me give you a refresher. In 1933, Hitler becomes chancellor. In 1934, Hitler became the Fuhrer. In 1933, you have the Reichstag fire. In 1933, you have the very first concentration camp in Dachau. You have the 1936 Olympics, which is kind of a good thing, sort of, if, if you're not Hitler. Then the also 36, you have the Nuremberg Rally. And Mr. Dodd is present for all of it. And he absolutely despises what Nazism is. It, he sees it as completely opposite of what Germany's supposed to be. Now, I'm not going to say for a second that Mr. Dodd, was all about racial equality. He was not. He was prejudiced just as much as a lot of folks at the time. Um, he saw the American Civil War as tragic not because of slavery but because of the rich um, antebellum slave owners controlling the southern um, politics at the time. He's, he's not going to be that person that's going to be all for equality. No fan of Abraham Lincoln either. But what he did see but what really disturbed him was the burning of the books what really disturbed him was the treatment of the jews he did not really want full equality but he didn't like what he was seeing either so while ambassador this german student german history student decides he is going to speak out could you imagine speaking out against adolf hitler right in his prime is what he did. So, Dodd-Wall Ambassador, he wrote pamphlet after pamphlet, article after article against Nazi ideology. He even decided to give speeches in which he got lots of applause, mind you, against the new power as anti-German. Now, you know Hitler is not going to be the guy who's going to accept it. Be all about freedom of speech. My goodness gracious, the guy burned books. So. He also wrote in his diary about how this is terrible and, and all the contacts he made. Yes, he met Hitler. Hitler was not a fan. He met Ribbentrop. He met Goebbels. Again, they also knew that he was not a fan of theirs, and he, they were not a fan of his either, as you could probably well imagine. And what makes it even worse is that Mr. Dodd want, he has this idea that he's supposed to be a public servant. And so, as opposed to the way things have been done in the past, Most ambassadors would be saying, give me my limo, let me have a full staff, let me have a mansion, I am an American ambassador. Mr. Dodd wants to project a different point of view because the way he saw it, the Nazi party was all about luxury and all about luxury and showing off their money. He wanted to show That's not what it's supposed to be about, so he decided to live on his salary alone, a modest salary, never spending more money. In fact, he didn't even buy a car in Germany. He had his old broken down vehicle shipped from Germany over, or from America over to Germany. I kid you not. Now, that also is going to make things look bad because it makes um, makes him, of all the ambassadors, look like, uh, well, sort of an oddball, which he was a bit of an oddball. As I said before, he grew up in the post-Civil War. um, South, poverty, prejudice. He was both. But he also decided to live modestly. And Nazis don't like it. And they start to push for his release. They try to get Mr. Roosevelt to get rid of him and bring him back. Now, not only they write Mr. Roosevelt, they also are going to send out spies, which is going to make Mr. Dodd's story a little bit even weirder, because he also has a daughter uh, that comes with him to Germany, and this daughter decides she wants to live it up. Now, this is going to complicate issues that much more. Before they get rid of Mr. Dodd, they're going to try to attract his daughter. His daughter, Martha, was a Hitler admirer at first, and... She, how do I put this delicately, she really liked the party scene, and she also really liked to make very, very close, intimate friends of various people in the German Nazi party. In fact, not just like regular dudes, not like, like like foot soldiers, she was very much intimately involved with some of the higher ranking officers. Now... All the evidence shows that she just likes a good time, but the evidence also shows that they like a good time as well, those guys, but they also were using her to spy on her father. So, when they found that they could not get the information that they needed from her because he didn't tell her everything, obviously, that's when things started going badly for Mr. Dodd. Now. Mr. Dodd wrote lots of letters to Franklin Roosevelt about how things are going wrong and how this is anti-German and what's happening with the Jews and all these things he's writing. And Roosevelt sort of ignores them, but he also writes in his own private diary, Mr. Roosevelt writes that he knows that Dodd is right. He wrote a letter to the Italian ambassador. He knows that Dodd is right, but... He couldn't do that. You couldn't go to Germany and start talking about, you're the ambassador. You're not the guy going against the party. You're the ambassador. Now, while he's right, and while someone needs to speak out, the ambassador probably wasn't the best position to do it from. So... What happened is that Mr. Dodd, after a few speeches and some confrontations with party leadership, with Dodd's party leadership, he is going to be recalled because they needed not a German historian, they needed a politician. And that politician in 1937 is gonna replace Mr. Dodd, was a guy by the name of Joseph Kennedy, father of Jack and of Robert. So, what do we get from all this besides the fact that uh this guy was probably a good guy? Is really I mean, you know, they guy he speaks out against Nazi Party in Germany and and he's not German and I think he tries, but it may be the wrong position to try from. And so he gets recalled nineteen thirty seven. He His respiratory conditions get worse. He gets abdominal conditions, nervous conditions. man dies three years later after his recall from Germany. His wife died in 1938 from other situations. Again, Roosevelt knew Dodd was right, but not the right place. And so therein is Johnston County's lone ambassador that we have ever sent anywhere, and it just had to be from Nazi Germany. Fantastic. Now, on a separate issue, and it's sort of like a side note, what about his daughter Martha? Told you she was a bit weird. Well, again, she admired Hitler at the time. She lived in Germany. Party girl. She later on became, or actually during the time, became a Soviet agent. Spying, yes, for the Soviet Union. (laughs) Kind of weird that your father's the American ambassador so she was very popular with a lot of nazi men of high rank she also is going to begin a relationship with the kaiser's grandson you know kaiser uh, from the from world War one and um she's going to marry um, a soviet agent she's a soviet spy dies in the 90s what a convoluted life now Mr. Dodd's story, it comes down to me as a history teacher. He gives a quote in 1937 that I completely get. As the days go by, I completely get. There's a time and place I got you, but he says no profession, meaning the history teacher profession, can be worth more than ours over the next two decades. That'll be the 40s and 50s. He says we have none too many history teachers and our freedom is not nearly free enough. History teachers are valuable. I am one. I think we're quite valuable. As ambassadors to Nazi Germany, probably not the best job requires a politician. So, there is episode one. Hope you enjoyed it a little foray into Johnston County history. And... uh, Feel free to subscribe. Listen, I plan on publishing these every week. Uh, Next week I have another one coming up on a guy. Well, I'll just tell you that the guy is going to help start a very, very large, mega corporation involving health. Stick around and I will publish you. I hope to see you Monday and uh, peace out.